This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast. On this Wednesday, January the 18th, 2023, uh, still mild weather out here in the Midwest. It's going to be up in the 60s tomorrow, if you can believe that. We're definitely not complaining about the mild weather. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. Hope you're having a great new start to the new year. We're already almost three quarters of the way the first month of January. Spring's just a little over two months away. All right, these are your top five headlines for this Wednesday. Let's start off with headline number five. White House still fighting in court to force masking on public transportation. News 13, the 11th Circuit of Appeals heard arguments over a federal mask mandate on Tuesday, January 17th, after a Florida federal judge struck down a mask mandate for planes and other transportation last April, the CDC quickly countered by requesting an appeal through the Justice Department. The appeal drew criticism from the U.S. Travel Association, which, along with other industry groups, had been pressuring the Biden administration for months to end the mask mandate for travel. Katie Pavlich, on April 18, 2022, U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel struck down President Joe Biden's mask mandate for air and rail transportation. The Department of Justice quickly appealed the decision after a request from the Centers for Disease Control. At the time, the White House admitted the appeal was to preserve the power of the federal government. All right, so here we go again by administration bringing on these Dacronian rules and policies. There's been no proof that masks stop the virus. It's a ruse. It's fake information. It's misinformation is what it is. Numbers of reports that it does nothing. And if we've learned anything from China, the last thing you want to do is try to isolate In this situation, we want to be able to create immunity, natural immunity, and to put us in a situation which was very destructive to our young people, especially in schools, issuing mask mandates, which destroyed the character development of many young people. This idea of uh, uh, revisiting and reviving the mask mandates is going to get a lot of pushback, I feel. I think the people, American people, they know, they realize that... uh, The mask idea was a big failure, and to try to revive it and bring it back is a big mistake for the Biden administration. So let's see how the judges, it's up to the judges. I mean, these um, circuit judges that were placed by the Obama administration, they're progressives, and they pretty much go along with all these progressive policies coming out of the Biden administration. So we're kind of at the mercy of them, but it's our constitutional right to stand up, speak out and do what we feel as freedom-loving Americans. All right, headline number four. 6% of California students identify as transgender. From the Daily Wire, a California public school district has seen a surge of children and adolescents identifying as transgender and non-binary. A new survey found soaring numbers of trans-identified students at California Davis Joint Unified School District. An average of 6% 
of those surveyed students identified as neither male nor female during the 2020-21 school year. Given the nature of the survey question, this number did not include students who identified as the opposite sex. Colin Wright, DJUSD admits, don't pause for a moment to ponder whether their obsessive focus on gender ideology may be worsening students' mental health as they reject their natural bodies at unprecedented rates in their district. All right, so here's the problem. When you, when you normalize transgenderism, when you make it acceptable, when you put transgender individuals at the top of federal government like the Biden administration has done, then this creates a worsening problem. It validates it. It makes young people who are still in their developmental stages to make choices that are unhealthy for them. They want to be accepted. It's a, it can become a mental illness. Young people are very impressionable. And when you normalize these far extreme ideas of gender and sex, then you're going to find an increase. You're going to find people that are going to gravitate for those things, looking for attention, looking for social proof, being influential and outside the box. So this is a not good idea. This is something that needs to be pushed back. Parents need to take authority, start running for school board. So if you're a parent, you're concerned about this, get involved in your school board meetings, run for school board office as the council, and let's get rid of this absurdity of transgenderism, non-binary. There are only two sexes, male and female. This is biologically proven by chromosomes and DNA, and it's not good for our young people. All right, headline number three. Sheila Jackson Lee introduces bill aimed at criminalizing political speech by white people. From the New York Post, U.S. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee has introduced a bill aimed at fighting white supremacy by attaching criminal charges to certain forms of hate speech. The Texas Democrat introduced the Leading Against White Supremacy Act of 2023, which aims to prevent and prosecute white supremacy-inspired hate crime and conspiracy to commit white supremacy inspired hate crime, end quote. The conspiracy addition means people who use hate speech online could face criminal charges under the legislation, even if they don't act on their threats. Jeremy Carl, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, a Democrat from Texas, long one of the most entitled, imperious, and racist members of Congress, has just introduced a bill in the House that literally criminalizes political speech by white people. All right, so this is the extreme side of the uh, Democratic Party. This is the far left. These are the people that are actually racist because that's all they think about. They look at people through the lens of racism. That's not how you abolish racism. You don't use laws. You just That just stokes more racism. That divides people more, puts them into camps, lets people realize that we have, we are, we have different colors and therefore we need to segregate or criminalize people of color. And all you have to do is just put the shoe on the other foot and think if uh, a white Congress p- person put a bill out there that would criminalize African-American or black Americans if they made comments that were hateful uh, towards whites, that they would be criminalized and thrown in jail or paid, uh, charged a penalty for, of some sort, of a fine. So it's, it's crazy. It's outside the box. It's ridiculous. She's a, she's a nutcase, and um, I don't think it's going to get very far in the Congress, it'll be turned down, it'll be shut down, and it just needs to be 
stopped. These people need to be voted out of office. They, they're not uh, the kind of people that you want in our government. All right, headline number two. Washington, D.C. City Council overrides Mayor Bowser's veto for bill reducing penalties for violent crimes. From the National Review, the Washington, D.C. City Council on Tuesday voted to override Democratic Mayor Muriel Bowser's vote of a progressive public safety bill that would reduce maximum penalties for certain violent crimes. The council voted 12 to 1 to override the veto and impose the measure which Bowser and her fellow critics argue will exasperate crime in the district. From the Washington Post, the bill would, among other things, eliminate most mandatory minimum sentences, allow for jury trials in almost all misdemeanor cases, and reduce the maximum penalties for offenses such as burglaries, carjackings, and robberies. Law enforcement leaders have expressed concern that it could burden an already stretched court system and would send the wrong message to residents at a time when the city is struggling with gun violence. All right, so the swamp, Washington, D.C., this is where all the Democrats live. This is where the progressives are. One thing I will say, the mayor there, Muriel Bowser's uh, pushing back on it, which is a little surprising. She was the lady that allowed for the big BLM letters written all over the the streets of Washington, D.C. She's a progressive. But in this case, uh, I think she realizes that to lower the criminal penalties is just going to exasperate the problem, make it worse, going to put those criminals back out on the streets again. It's It, it just doesn't work. I mean, uh, the way to, to stop crime is to increase penalties, to have more police on the streets, to take the criminals off the streets. The criminals are not going to stop just because you lower the penalties. It's just going to make it actually more egregious, more more crime, more violence. It's already been proven in other states. The idea of defunding the police is a stupid idea. Should never have begun. And we're gonna we're gonna see. You can look at the numbers. Let's see how if it passes, let's see what happens in Washington, DC. I surely don't want to visit that city. That's what you get when you get a bunch of progressive Democrats trying to run government. All right, headline number one. World Economic Forum dubs 2023 a poly crisis. From the National Review, the attendees of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, warn that the world is facing a polycrisis, a multiple multinational crisis that are interconnected and exasperate each other. From the Epoch Times, World Economic Forum Chairman Klaus Schwab announced the kickoff of the 53rd annual meeting of political leaders, corporate executives, and activists in Davos, Switzerland, declaring that the summit will focus on re- dedicating its members to a progressive climate and social justice agenda in the midst of what he described as unprecedented multiple crises. Dennis Prager, a German scientist, said that every individual in the Western world at least should have a carbon dioxide limit. Now, since none of you know how many tons of CO2 you emit, the average person emits 10. That means that you, according to this, would have to be penalized monetarily if you used one-third of the amount of energy, fossil fuel energy, that you do now. So if you were under the limit, you would get money from the people over the limit. That's a beautiful, honest redistribution of income plan. All right, so these are, these are far leftists. These are, these are totalitarianisms. You can, you can tell by the use of the words that they have. The climate, let's see what it is. It's called the Climate and Social Justice Agenda. Those are all trigger words for socialism, 
Marxism comes right out of the Marxist handbook. That's what these people are. They think that they can control the world, that we don't need democracies, that they know what's best for everybody else. These are a bunch of elitists. And if you listen to them, John Kerry, there's a news clip out there if you get a chance to check it out. It's so arrogant. He's such a pompous elitist. And these people have no business trying to tell us how we're going to run our lives using the ESG criteria for monetary distribution, the great reset that they want to implement on the world. It needs to be shut down. These guys are not good for the world. What you want to do is get rid of dictators. That's how you make the world a better place. You give everybody freedom, freedom to act as they want. It's a spiritual battle. It's not just government issues. It's spiritually connected. These are the problems. It's an internal problem of understanding that we're all God's children and that governments have no business telling God's children the freedom that we have as the children of God, the creator above. That's where our freedoms come from. That's how our founding fathers built this nation. That's why America is the greatest nation on God's green earth. And to have a bunch of elitists in Davos, Switzerland, to try to tell us that it's all about science and technology and transhumanism is the solution to world peace. It's got to take that information and dump it in the dustbin of history right where it belongs because it doesn't belong in this country or any other country in the world. That's my opinion, at least. And I think a lot of you out there would probably agree with me. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Wednesday, January the 18th, 2023. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast this morning. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.